This is Story Route Zero, a podcast where friends gather to talk of their travels through the good, the bad, the ugly, the funny, and even the confusing worlds encountered in games. We may not always know where we're going, but that's often half the fun. If you have a question, comment, concern, or a story of your own, hit us up on Twitter at StoryRoute underscore zero. You can email us at StoryRouteZero at gmail.com, and you can find everything we do at StoryRouteZero.com. Let's have a journey. I never should have met you on that day. I was happy then until you stole my heart and disappeared again. Welcome to Story Route Zero. My name is Matthew. Got some friends with me. Straight from the Savage Planet and newly newly uh, joining the Obelisk Games team, Jason Marshall. How are you, sir? Doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm not near as tired this week as I was last week, but I'll tell you about that later. Mouth from the South, Moose. What's up? How are we How doing, are party sir? people? Doing well. Doing cool. Well. And we are minus a Captain Canada this week, but we are up a Chicago Blackhawks fan at Hypecaster on Twitter, Antonio Guillen. Hello, former everyone. Plat- former Platinum Achievements co-host. How are you, sir? The good old days, Matthew. Oh, yeah. The good old days. We went. I forgot. Uh, I just went through all of our old podcast episodes listening to some stuff. We had some great times. We did, but we weren't arguing. <laughs> so you are almost a mega dad although yes. you were part of the mega dads and you are licking your straw in a very lascivious <laughs> way thank you so much for that yes what's new this, man well to speak. yeah my, uh, we're expecting our first uh child in uh anywhere between two to four weeks we think that uh she might be coming a little bit early so awesome yeah i'm gonna be a father and i think that at as with all gamers, you know, who are going to be fathers, your, your first thought is like, oh, God, what have I done? You know no, what I no, mean? Definitely. <laughs> definitely. And uh, I'm very excited. I, again, recently joined uh, Mega Dads. So mm-hmm. if you want to check them out at Mega Dads blog, they do, you know, like uh, podcasts that's all about like funny parenting stories and gaming and uh, two brothers who have now helped uh, – build what they have over years now giving the reins to a couple other people so they've uh, built up the team so now they added three contributors who are doing reviews and writing for them and then also i'm still part of nintendo village so if you look up at village nintendo lots of great stuff going on there for all you nintendo fans and isn't nintendo a really you know family friendly company isn't that where where you're gonna play you can't be playing gta with no i mean you could I, i am most people won't. There, there are life lessons to be learned in GTA. I mean, I, usually I feel that's to... like a later date type thing. <laughs> yeah. Like a, uh, maybe when the kid's 17. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm comfortable sitting down my young daughter at like three, four years old and be like, here, turn this on. This is what the world is. This is how, <laughs> this is how stuff works, okay? Go get him, kid. Sweetie, if you, if you kill the hooker afterwards, <laughs> get you your can get your back. money back. <laughs> from, from my experience, and Matt will agree with me, 
untitled goose game perfect yes. for children yes yeah. perfect there for children and it's go. on switch I'm totally open to all recommendations. Oh, I mean, man. isn't it a thing though to be able to play a game with somebody watching or you know with people or with kids? Like all that's going to matter so much more to me in the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Buy a broken controller. You oh. can use it. Trust me, it works. <laughs> it works <laughs> until they're about five. It works. <laughs> then they're like, "I'm not moving." Aria thinks she's really good at Mario Kart right now. Crazy. (laughs) Or should I have not said that? Did I just just blow up your spot, Jay? (laughs) So uh, this is Story Route Zero. We we talk about video games here, but first, let's let's get let's get the pleasantries out of the way. How's everybody's weekend, Antonio? How was your weekend? What'd you do? Uh, For the last, uh, yeah, I did catch the Super Bowl. Um, I. I thought the game was great. You know, it was like a close, you know, not a blowout, which was good. Uh, you like seeing people who... I like a comeback. Yeah, that, that too. I mean, it was exciting. And you, you want to see people who, you know, put it all out on the line, trying to like make something of themselves from young kids, just mm-hmm. achieving that goal. So that's always cool. But the last... Uh, if I'm not working, I'm working. If I'm not working, I'm working. Like I've been working on our house, getting the baby room set up. I've built cribs. I've painted like shelves. So a lot of my time is dedicated to uh, house maintenance and baby prep, but the weekends are short and I'm not sleeping much and everything's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Embrace it because you're just going to be the the norm. You are the embodiment of that Amy Polar gift. Everything hurts, and I'm dying. <laughs> you can become you can become more productive. You yeah. just use that to your advantage, not sleeping. Right, yeah. Jason? <laughs> <laughs> As yeah. he holds up his uh, double Call espresso. Yeah. Speaking speaking of sleep, I was on I whiskey was like, in it. I was staving off illness this weekend, so I actually I got home from work on Saturday. I was able to play a little bit with Moose. I mean, we played for what mm-hmm. two hours, Moose. Yeah, and then after that, I went to sleep, and I woke up twenty three hours later. So, <gasps> whoa, yeah, yeah must have been nice. I, I bet you that felt good, like waking up and just being like, "I haven't done that." Wow. Well, it's you know, I think I think the, the immediate like I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, man, that that had to have been awesome. But I remember immediately waking up and being completely disoriented. I'm like, wait, where? What day? Who? Okay, Reba. All right, that's fine bagel okay i remember where i am <laughs> like, I know who i am i, I remember where out. i am I've what time been, I've what time did you go to sleep like like between noon and one. Oh, okay so you woke up like it'd be weird if you went to bed at like 11 p.m woke up at like 10 p.m the following day and then like all of a sudden it's the next day too you're like Hold on. Yeah, no. It's like three days. Yeah. At that point, that's why I'm glad I work overnights because in this place, in this case, I only lost one day. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, it was, and then like, uh, wife was was sick as well. Like we're not, we weren't like sick, but we were both like felt a little off. So we ended up staying in bed like most of the day. We completely coronavirus bummer. We could, I know, right? We completely abandoned like all adult duties i watched a couple of european art films she was watching her shows it was a good time Uh, party animal i know you know you know not safe for work this guy uh (laughs) (laughs) jason how was your weekend 
Not bad. Relaxing. Um, cool. We watched – the girls watched about half the game before okay. they became gremlins. Um, sure. We went to friend a friend's house, and she lives, like, maybe three minutes away. And Ari's like, can I go to sleep on the way home? No. <laughs> We're about to turn, like, down our block. I'm going to close my eyes. No! <laughs> Florid. Get home quick. <laughs> what, oh, now, now I'm I'm not a parent, uh, and I don't want to assume this is the same for all kids. But like, what does that mean for you? Like, what sort of so? Like- if Amelia were to fall asleep, we just mm-hmm. take the car seat in, put her to the side, she sleeps. Right. A mm-hmm. five year old can't just take the car seat in. You gotta kind of pick her up, and uh, and when she's asleep, is she basically dead weight? Yeah, and she's already close to fifty pounds. So whoa. And you're like, uh, this, is, and we have to go upstairs, and it's like, but luckily I opened the door. There's this thing like, about a princess oh. and a dragon, is a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. It's, it's, <laughs> so we managed, the nap was short enough that she didn't hit that sweet spot of, nope, we're out cold. Okay. Yeah. So five minutes later, they all went to bed. Sweet. But it was a relaxing weekend. Didn't really cool. do much other than that. I mean, I wrote, I finished my review. Of you did. Journey to the Savage Planet. We'll be talking about that shortly. Ooh, ah. Moose, what'd you do? Um, I had the weekend to myself because my wife had to watch our niece from my sister-in-law because um, they went to Greensboro for a Farm Bureau meeting type thing. Her husband did. So uh, my sister-in-law went and then so did my nephew. So it left like my niece. And so... My wife watched her, so then Saturday just played some Ashen with you and then switched over from Ashen to Borderlands and just farmed shit ton of legendaries because of the glitch right now. And then kind of did the same. Is it a glitch thing. or a feature? It's a glitch. A little of both. There's a feature that stacks on a glitch, if that makes sense. So basically right now... Uh, no, it's the other way around. We call that a flitch. It's the other way around. It's a glitch <laughs> on top of a feature. No, the glitch is already in the game. The feature that's out now unlocks the legendaries for the glitch. Okay, fine. Glitch. All right. Hey. <laughs> flip flip anyway, so so you can you know what? So, I know when Moose is alone because we'll be in chat and he'll be like, What should I do? For? It'll be like eight o'clock at night. What should I do for lunch tomorrow? It's like what? And then it's like, oh, Kelly's not home this week. He's already planning like his meal. Well, because like, like we like we usually go wherever she wants to go when she's home. And so like, I'm like, man, should I get like this thing that I never get when she's not here? Like, you know, you gotta enjoy that. I can get a lot. I can get an extra large pizza. It could be breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The wheels are turning. Uh, oh man! No, uh, you see, that's where you're. That's where you're messing up. You got to get two pizzas, <laughs> and uh, then just and then just gorge yourself for breakfast, and then just hold out till dinner. Can't do that. It's uh, no. I can't know. do that anymore. It's not. I mean, unless it was thin crust. Well, see, like I regular should, New York style. I still so. can. I should. Well, I can too, <laughs> and I shouldn't either. But anyway, so I did the. I did a lot of Borderlands farming. Got some new gear, new loot. Um, Played some Dark Souls, and then today I had off because, uh, well, I wanted to take it off because of the day after the Super Bowl, 
and then like didn't really do anything for the Super Bowl. But Kelly and I got some food for the house, and then I hooked up my digital antenna so we didn't have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so we just hung out in the house. I watched all of it, and then switched back over to um, like I started playing uh, Dark Souls again. Okay. And so now I'm working. Uh, I have a level 90 PvP character, and now I'm building a level uh, 120 PvP character. And so I just took my character through the end of the game i'm gonna do the dlc and then i gotta take it into the new game and get the character to pontiff where the main pvp action is and then i'll be able to pvp with that character which will be fun but that's about it i also bought resident evil 3 because i'm a glutton for punishment and that's gonna be a lot of fun when that comes out so uh i think resident evil 2 remake is in in the on the horizon for twitch streaming coming up so, I'm proud of you, though. You didn't buy a game that's out that you didn't play. So there is a chance you will play Resident Evil. No, I, 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 so, like, my whole thing is, like, I've never played one to completion. But I've played two to completion, and I've played three to completion. And then, like, Resident Evil 4, I never really played. And then that's where, like, the series just didn't go off the rails. I just didn't it took pay attention time. to it. like it took it did whatever it was doing yeah. and not that that turned me off of the series i just never followed it you know what i mean like i loved two and three and it it might have been four because of the camera with four and the way that it you know it was set up differently it was more i felt it was more actiony than the than two and three like two and three was more like definitely was more survival because you're like you, you're trying to like conserve ammo, all that stuff. I don't feel like you're doing that in four as much. Just judging, I haven't played it, but just judging from what I've seen, gameplay of the game, you know, like I don't feel like you're, do I want to shoot this guy or do I want to whip out the knife and slash their knees and run away? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, but yeah, I, um, it's coming out the Friday before my birthday, and I have my birthday week off. So I think we're going to try and play it all week. Extreme cool. it every day, so it should be fun. I'm really excited for that game because I Resident Evil 2 remake was graphically amazing. Like the tone, mm-hmm. I love the original, but the issue for me was the puzzles. And I didn't play three, but I hear it's a little bit more. It was the beginning of moving toward more of an action oriented, yeah, way. And like, I just I, can you tell me how many like is it very puzzle heavy just like one and two were i don't remember three being the original? That puzzle heavy hmm. the original i don't well, i'm hoping it's not I, I i wanted a little bit more and and not that you know there can't be any of that but it was just yeah. kind of annoying with the it's like oh here's a contraption like can you figure out this contraption i'm like I, this is a zombie game bro why am i why am i messing <laughs> yeah like, well, yeah yeah why are you putting something where i need to know like the different types of pawns and a ch- and chess pieces or like i need to know the different pieces of, of a chess game to like get this puzzle figured out just let me through the damn door you know i think well i think it's interesting how i mean and i've never i've, I've never played a resident evil game whoa um, yeah i know i i but you know two remake made me want to actually play the series and then i thought should i play one and i was actually i've actually been quietly thinking along the same lines that moose was talking about just playing them all on stream but the thing is, when one came out, it was what? It was... 95. Was it, yeah, I was going to say, was it midnight? So that was like the height of adventure games. Mm-hmm. So 
that was like a zombie adventure game. And then two was a, a different type of that because you had the persistent enemy. And then three, I think, leaned more on the persistent enemy than two. And then four was when they turned into what a third person shooter, essentially. Kind of, yeah, because it's over then, the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's then, just no cover. It's no cover. Yeah, I don't three, think and it's then, not yeah. and then five was just more of that, but you had a you had like an, an ammo mule come with you. Well, you had a co op. I thought you had a co op partner in five or was six. Yeah, co -op. no, five was five. Shiva. Yeah, and like yeah. you could have you could co op with that game, and it was really fun co oping it, but it was where we were saying like it went more towards action mm -hmm. than it was survival horror. And it's like, well, this is a great action game, but it's not yeah. a good Resident Evil game. And then six just like completely went off the rails and then they just nuked it from orbit and started over with Resident Evil seven and did a really good job with seven. Yeah. So which I was code Veronica. That I played was it on Dreamcast. Whoa. That that was in two thousand. So that's between two and three? I be, uh, I believe so. Um, I'd have to look at the, the timeline. Fours with the plagas, right? The you're in Spain. Yeah, with the with the president. Yeah, you gotta daughter. protect his daughter. Yeah, Leon. Ashley, she sucks. Yeah, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> but three, yeah. I think three though opened up more, literally open. Like one, you're confined. Two yeah. kind of made you weren't like in hallways as bad, and three kind of like. When you're being chased by the nemesis, there's more room to kind of maneuver. And then everything else just kind of did away with the whole confinement. Yeah. Like in yeah. four, I remember playing like when you're with Ada, you're like running around, like drop kicking people. It's like, this isn't right. <laughs> drop kicking people. What? No. I played Resident Evil 1 on a PC with a Microsoft Sidewinder gamepad. You guys remember awesome. that? <laughs> awesome. No. It's been a while since I've heard about that. <laughs> oh, wow. So it was Re Resident Evil was 96, 2 was 98, 3 was 99, and then Code Veronica was in late 2000, and then 4 was all the way in 2005. And then so, at some point there was Ra Raccoon City. They also did the Resident Evil remake in 2002, which was on the GameCube, which then they put out 4, and then Obviously, Resident Evil Remake is what we have access to on the PlayStation and Xbox now. Mm -hmm. And what but the hell is Zero? Zero was like, I don't even know how to describe that game. I like how like, I asked um, you guys about your weekend and we started to figure out Resident Evil. Welcome to I Resident know. Evil. I know. Anyways. We discuss Resident Evil, all the games, and how much we love them. Anyways. Just, we can go I'm, into the movies and just... No, no. no. Yeah, let's talk about Resident Evil movies. Please, let's not. The 3D one, it was garbage. <laughs> Aren't they working on a new one? It's a yeah, probably. Reboot. <laughs> uh, don't I forget Mila? Whatever I think your name is. Yeah, she's a Monster Hunter game. Yeah, yeah she's, she's in a Monster Hunter movie. Monster Hunter movie. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be dope. It's called <laughs> time she Monster. Time she time Monster Hunter movie. It's called Monster Hunter. Biohazard. <laughs> so it's gonna be. It's gonna be. A no, crossover. I kid you not. In the movie, she time travels. Awesome. Yeah. So that's gonna be great. Hashtag logic. Uh, okay, so now let's let's talk about what, let's talk about games we we're actually playing, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Antonio, you're the guest. Start with you. 
What's been playing, sir? Uh, I'm currently besides Baby it. Prep Simulator. Um, yeah, I'm <laughs> reviewing a game under embargo right now, but I can tell you that it is a three-person team coming out with a game. Um, next week is the release, and it's coming to Switch and PC, and it's really good. I'm pretty sure I'm not breaking embargo by saying well, you have, that. Well, you, have, you haven't said, you <laughs> haven't said you're, I mean, how many three-person, I mean, t- I mean, like, Kentucky Route Zero came out this past weekend. That's a three-person team, so you're, you're good. So it's not that. No, <laughs> but it's, it's not that, <laughs> because so it's, it's out. <laughs> so that's taking up most of my time, but I just want to give a shout-out to the state of gaming right now, because in being a, a soon-to-be parent and having limited time, limited resources, I have been taking advantage of um, streaming Project X Cloud. I have like a little Android um, tablet. I'm actually getting a new one because it's not running as efficiently as I'd like with the controller. But um, the way that Xbox is going, that's where I'm spending a lot of my time with uh, X Cloud and Game Pass and just being able to have a lot of access to games for very little money. And that's really helping me out. Um, Disco Elysium is the game that keeps pulling me back um on pc can't wait for that to come out on consoles i'm so excited for that game you're gonna rock out to that the music is so unique the approach and the characters are just nothing like you've seen before it breaks all archetypes in um so many ways uh again from character story just style and gameplay so it's it's really great so that's primarily where i'm spending most of my time and uh couldn't couldn't be happier all i need is more time okay so any time machine you know that's what i need (laughs) need nice me too and i'm watching you play ashen vicariously because oh yeah you've been watching that thank you uh it's it's such a good game and I didn't have a co-op partner and I know that that would have elevated it to the next level because just rel- relying on your AI, I can totally see why that game would click <clears throat> it being, I, I, I know, I'm not comfortable calling it a Souls like I guess it has some elements like that but it's, it's a beautiful game and, and it, I love the combat and I love the, the art style and the world that they built there so really great. I wish I would have got further into it. It was kicking me all over the place yeah it uh like i i mean i started when i first started playing that uh i just used the the ai character and then you know, i was lucky enough to say to hear moose say hey i'm gonna play that with you and i'm like all right <laughs> so uh started over and now we're doing the, we're doing the hard mode but um so you can't talk about what you're playing uh other than disco elysium now how far into disco elysium did you get not far. Um, the So I had to restart because I did an intelligent character, super uber intelligent. And uh, I'm going to, I switched to empathy um, okay. because the game revolves around um, your stats. So literally the the whole experience changes based on the intellect that you've built, like all the facets of your personality. So I put all my points into making my character intelligent. Therefore, the game spoke to me as if I was a savant. And it, to an extreme level, which is what I, you know, made, 
Um, but I think that if you change the stats, the game speaks to you and challenges you in different ways and, and explores like different aspects of the characters. So you're coming at things, not just from that intellectual perspective. Now you're like, Oh, well, I actually care about people's motivations. It gets that deep. So that is a replayable game that again the the way that we talk in games about storytelling and branching paths and making choices matter no game that i've ever experienced has brought it to that level the only one that i see that game writing and choice uh, matters and affects things is kind of the freedom you have in divinity original sin 2 but disco elysium brings it to the next level it's crazy yeah, I feel a lot of games that boast that freedom, you still have the same end. Like, it's just, you still, you can choose which, like, um, Outer Worlds, for instance. You could make a dumb character. You get extra options, but you still have the same, you end up at the same spot e- either way. It doesn't matter how you choose. You could play a different way, but you're kind of still there. Have you heard the story of the first two minutes of Disco Elysium yet? I've played the first 15 minutes okay and 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 phillips told us about the first couple of minutes (laughs) okay good yeah so long story short there's just a lot of game there that's waiting to be discovered uh for people and uh i highly recommend it i think that when it comes to console it's gonna blow people away and that's gonna be like the bar set similar similar to how like you see games elevating um you know atmosphere or an art style writing is Disco Elysium is the new the new standard for for breaking uh, barriers in, in writing. Okay, Moose Marshall, which one he wants to go next? Moose Ken. What I've been playing a lot of Borderlands Three. Okay, I did I did start. I know the like, the mayhem mode in the game, which you can change. You can get like level one, two, three, and four. Kind of negates going into ultimate vault hunter mode but i decided to go into ultimate vault hunter mode to kind of play through the story again and i was playing with our my buddy marco uh because he has borderlands 3 and it was just like i need to get guardian points you know because like they got rid of badass rank from two and kind of morphed it into guardian rank and so um i'm moving through that trying to get my guardian points to unlock the perks with that and i was like well instead of just grinding against the same boss over and over and over again, I'm just going to do vault, uh, ultimate vault hunter mode. And so mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing now. And that's, it's a lot of fun. I'm having fun with the guns that I have, uh, the spec I'm running flack, a critical spec. So he's a lot of fun to play as, and just like, and Marco's playing a, a siren. So he phase locks the targets and then I just melt them with my critical hits. And so it's, it's a good time. Like they're pretty much stuff just dies. Like, and so we started out on like regular and then I believe when the game first came out in ultimate vault hunter mode, you had to like, I don't, I think you had to beat it before you could up the mayhem levels, but then they patched it in where if you start a new ultimate vault hunter mode, like you can up the mayhem level. So the it was broken on console. You had okay, to, it was broken on console. You had to unlock it the same way you did in normal PC. Uh, as soon as you hit sanctuary, you were able to, so they fixed that to. now. Okay. Now it works like normal. Because like you said, what's the point? Because if you're playing on Mayhem mode, being Ultimate Vault Hunter doesn't do anything. Yeah. 
So I bumped, we bumped it up to Mayhem too, uh, and been running around killing stuff. So I've uh, been doing that. Ashen with Matt. So we finished la- last week, I think we got close to beating the boss. Yeah, we were both frustrated. Then after our last episode, you went on and you beat the boss. So I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so- right. I couldn't wait because I was like, I, I can't let this thing best me. And, and then, so I beat her, I think, the next day. No, you beat then, it right after the show because you, t- you texted me on my way to work. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. And the funny thing is, like, uh, Antonio was talking about co-op partners. Like, like, so the game works in a way that you just run around and then an NPC AI character will show up. And sometimes that can be a real person. You can set passwords and, like, Matt, that's how Matt and I connect. Like, all of a sudden mm-hmm. I'll be running around and then boom that the character pops up and I know, hey, there's Matt, let's go run and do something. Obviously Mm -hmm. we're talking in a party chat, but anyways, well, what happens is the game works in a way where like, if you you can die and sit there and as long as the AI reses you, you have another chance before you completely get killed, lose your your souls drop and you have to, or score and you have to go back and collect it. Well, I killed the boss well, actually, my NPC AI character killed the boss while I was down. And I was like, you know what? This fucking RNG bitch, that's the way it's going to happen. Like, I'm not, re- not re-downing hey, my save. Ugly win is still a win, dude. Right. I'm not, going, I'm, not, I'm not trudging through that stupid cave they make us go through. Right. Get back to her to fight her again. <clears throat> so I was like, that's it. That's the trophy. And then so we mm-hmm. started, we beat. You know, and then Matt went on to beat it later. Oh yeah, I had a I had a roller coaster of emotions yeah. last week. I was I was so close to just putting that game down, saying, you know what, I don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. And like, I've never walked away from a Dark Souls boss. I've never walked away from a Bloodborne boss. I've ne- I've never they've not went with this. Cisno was about to beat me, and then then uh, Friday before work, I I put my axe through her face yeah. and beat the game. And I'm like, all right. And then I started, I immediately after I started the children of system mode, I'm like, you know what? I died like twice right off the bat. I'm like, okay, I can't do this right now. Yeah. But so, so I'll like be the... back. <laughs> so did you say you were near the end of the whole game? Anashin? We've well, uh, Moose and yeah. I have technically beaten the game. Technically. Yeah. So you're on end game stuff. Mm-mm. Yeah, so what happens at the end of the game is there... Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Spoilers. Spoilers, everybody. It's a two-year-old game, Antonio. <laughs> you, you, unlock, you, unlock, you unlock a difficulty mode called Children of Cisna where all your, your stamina and your health is halved. <gasps> and then all your Hardcore. upgrades are halved. And so it is... It's like to the extreme. And I was thinking about this today, Matt. Like, you know how we were talking about, like increasing the potency of our uh of the gourd yeah what's the point as soon as i upgraded i'm like what am i doing my health bar is never gonna grow more than like maybe half an inch than where it is right now as i as i was (laughs) laying down to bed i'm like you know what we probably did a stupid thing increasing the potency (laughs) (laughs) because like as you when you uh when you level in the game it's like okay like you want to increase the potency so like one charge heals like more all of you instead of like half of your health and so mm-hmm. that's smart but your gauge your health gauge does not grow as much as it does in children's system so it's like pointless like i see yeah. i feel we could use the the healing uh item 
the support or whatever yeah, what is it or whatever the support, like we could use that for the entirety of the game and it only heals you for a certain amount so yeah and, and like it becomes useless towards the end of the game except when you're fighting the final boss and you're like i have no crimson gourds i'm gonna i have to use that you know that i have to use there's one that heals you over time i yeah you're like using everything you have to like try and like freaking kill her but anyway so we started our playthrough of that and it is it's it's rough yeah it is real rough like you you can like do one swing and then you have to like dodge out and you you have to back the hell yeah like (laughs) you can't there's no like just running in and swinging like crazy and there's no like for the first i died like so many times but it was just because like you're swinging you do two swings and then you're trying to dodge out and and the game has a noise like it sounds like like metal clinking to it's tell like you that you have no stamina. It's like and pulling. It's it's like if you have a padlock on a chain, it's like pulling that chain tight. It's just like ching. <laughs> yeah, and you're just sitting there, and it's like ching, ching, ching. Every time you hit the button to dodge, and you have no stamina, it's like making that noise, and you're just like, this is gonna be really painful, like yeah. really painful. But um, anyways, it's gotten more fun as we've like upgraded and move on. The good, like the thing is, even though it's tough, we have progress. Yeah. So I will have to say, we we beat the second boss today on our first try. Uh, the first time we did it together, it took like two tries, maybe yep. three. Yeah, I think. Just, yeah. So, it took it took us twice. It took me like because I beat it solo the first time, yeah. and it took me like fifteen tries. Yeah. But it, this time we walked in, we were just like, okay, one of us, one of us try and pull the boss, one of us try and pull the ads. Like, yeah. We yes. we look at we we look, we should have streamed today because we look like a well-oiled machine. That wasn't that a well-oiled machine because, <laughs> well, I think I feel like children of system mode like really, like we were talking about when we first started it. I feel like it's it's the mode that teaches you to really use the combat. Like mm-hmm. if you just play the regular difficulty. You can brute force your way through a lot of things, but children's system is like, I've got a block, I, you know, I've got a, I've got a dodge. Not only that, but you have to use your shield charge to like break. So the enemies in the game that have shields, the way you break their shield is with a shield charge so that you can hit them. And then, so it's like, you're using like all these mechanics that you weren't before you're using the, there's a apple cricket that gives that increases your uh it's like the uh green blossoms from dark souls that increase your stamina regen so you're going to be like using those like crazy like you're just going to be using like everything possible you have at your disposal to like try and progress in the game and so we've made it pretty far it it has been hard but it's gotten i feel it's gotten a little bit easier for us because we've like learned the difficulty I'm sure someone's going to come along and whoop our ass. I think the third boss is going to be rough, but um, I think it. I think it's definitely the way your mother likes better. it. Just the way your mother likes it, Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, it's been Borderlands Three and Ashen, and that's about it. I went through my wish list on my Switch during the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was just sitting there like I should probably get rid of some of this stuff because even though I want it I don't I'm not gonna double dip because I have it on PS4 and I really should play it there and then there was some other stuff where I'm just like this is a real-time strategy game I never play real-time strategy games like ever and I'm like I'm just taking it off the list but step outside that comfort zone Moose yeah I already have I already have what is it into the breach 
So I'm gonna play that. And All into it. the breach. So I love it. Yeah. It's so good. so good. Yeah, I I yeah. just booted it again. You guys are making me want to play Ashen. You guys are making me want to play Borderlands. You guys are making me want to play Into the Breach. It's infectious, I tell you. It is. I got a fever. <laughs> Jason, Jason, Jason's over my there. beer. <laughs> Jason, Jason. Speaking of speaking of Borderlands style humor. I played an outlandish and, weapons. Let's I, talk about Journey to the Savage Planet. <laughs> I played and reviewed Journey to the Savage Planet. Ask me anything. Uh, I watched no. you, I watched you start playing this game, and I was immediate like, I need to play this. What uh, when so you start the game and you're holding a gun and what looks like an oversized booger in your other hand? Yeah. Things are going to get weird. Oh, Things man. got weird. <laughs> uh, basic premise, because my review is not out. It's just being proofread. But you crash landed on this planet. Um, and you have to work with your psychotic robot companion who puts GLaDOS to shame. <gasps> yeah, you no, lie. There is oh, GLaDOS in this game. Anthony. Like Glados if you look up, if you look up Snark characters in gaming, if You're if you look me. up Snark in the dictionary, Echo's picture appears. Yeah. Wow, she's got some. <laughs> um, and then it turns out there's something on this planet, and the corporation you work for, are like, hey, buddy, do us a favor and look into this. Well, I think the I think the premise is like you're going to an uninhabited planet, and then yes. the robot is like, "Oh, didn't inspect intelligent life here, but clearly there is." So uh, figure it out. Um, it's I I mean it, it's first person. It's not really a shooter. There's not there's I mean there's shooting, but it's not a constant thing. It's kind of like a small scale No Man's Sky, but. If you injected a little uh, ratchet and clank into it, yeah. Um, as you can see from the picture behind me, it's very vibrant. Like it's yeah, trippy. It's a, it is. A, it is a colorful game. It's it's trippy. In fact, so much so there are plants that cause hallucinations, and all of a sudden the screen will start to do Wayne's World. Awesome. You only get a, a pistol, but it's your offhand weapons basically you pick up plant life wherever it is and like one thing you throw and it creates a mini trampoline another thing is sticky glue you could stick five enemies together and then blow them up or you uh, could pick up you could pick up a purple pile of poo <laughs> and like yeah. oh it's, it's, this game it's has just a it's it's a it's just like i said smaller scale no man's sky but if you want a space exploration game that's not as spacey, no. But I was gonna say, like No Man's Sky is so massive, like it's daunting almost. This is small scale. Like I beat the game in eleven hours, and I was about sixty sixty five percent to the platinum. Um, okay. And okay. I explored. I mean, you can. There's actually a trophy to beat it under four hours. So it can be Whoa, done. Wow, that's interesting. The trophy um, description actually says somebody better call GDQ. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, as my, I, I do want to finish and get the platinum, but you'd miss a ton of dialogue. Like 
there's I died like three times in a row and Echo went, you did your best. It wasn't the best, but it was your best. <laughs> yeah. Um, they explain like respawning. <clears throat> Basically, she's like, oh, I took a sample of your DNA. I could bioprint you now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, I, I think it was when, you, when I was watching your stream, it said, oh, so we're going to kill you and we're going to respawn you at, the next, at, this next, at this other place. Oh, wait, I mean teleport. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is good. This is good. It's, just, it's a really enjoyable game. Like, I think with their next game, Typhoon Studios can definitely go larger scale. Um, I mean, 12 hours. I mean, I'm almost 12 hours and I probably have five to six left. To finish the platinum plus the speed run, right? It's a good length, but I mean, it's it's just a fun game. Like, there's yeah. a lot of verticality, so it's not just corridors. Like, you can explore. Like, you get a jetpack. Um, it seemed like there was Metroidvania. There is so to it. Like, yeah, a lot of the abilities unlock abilities gets new places. Basically, like you'll see a, a a crack in the wall that's like that's ripe for an explosion, and then you come upon an, a plant that explodes. So you're like. All right, and then you unlock the ability, like, oh, you can now pick up these bomb plants. Like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm gonna know where I'm going now. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think doesn't your doesn't your robot buddy say something about that? She probably. I mean, I, just, I, I mean, she says a lot about everything. That's oh, she said. There's one. She's like, ah, just stick your hands in there. Nothing will happen. Mm, maybe <laughs> something. You might die. <laughs> now just do it anyway. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like. Uh, like I, as I was, yeah, I was watching your stream. I was thinking of like Glados and like Stanley Parable and and things like that. I, gr- granted, not to the extent of either of those, but like I don't feel like this computer AI is written to the quality of Glados, but I don't think it's going for that either. It's just trying to go for that snark. And it yeah, she's that. not trying to kill you. She is yeah. helpful, but she's kind of you're her amusement. Yep. Yeah, like yeah, like there's items around the map to basically consume that increase every like third one increases your health and stamina. The first time you take it, she goes, um, "Eat that. Your biology has changed. On the good side, you can eat more. Bad news: your whole body's full of tumors now." Mm. <laughs> yeah, but she, it's just the delivery. It's just like it. She nails it. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's got that Borderlands type, but it's not like full on like fart humor. Yeah, like it's not it's not internet humor a la 2012. Yeah. So it's just a it's a really enjoyable game. And it's only 30 bucks. Which is not bad. Which what is said 15, 20 hours? If you hundred percent, I'd say fifteen to twenty. That's not bad for like 30 20 bucks. bucks. That's a yeah. good or 30 bucks. That's a good experience. I'm a yeah, big like fan of these games that are $20, $30 that offer yeah. about 15 hours gameplay because I just don't have the time to spend, you know, the hundred hours, you know, the mm-hmm. 60 bucks, hundred hours. Uh, so I have a theory that in the next coming uh, years that that's going to be an emerging genre and you're going to be able to pour all of your time and resources into a real polished, you know, 10, 15 hour experience. And I think it's going to be real popular. Well, I think, I think the, it started like, it's nice to see games like that out of like, I mean, Remnant from the Ashes was that Ashen is very much that where you're paying like, Mm -hmm. you know, 
you're not paying a, you're not paying full sixty dollar price, but you're getting a full experience. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think like Outer Worlds was also and was an example of that. I, I mean, I didn't play Outer Worlds. I still I still have to, but it seems like Obsidian decided to tighten their experience. Yeah, and focus it rather than make it some wide open ended, you know, Fallout style, but still yeah. channeling that. And and I think that, like Antonio said, I think it's definitely a business model idea going forward. And, and I did play um, Outer Worlds. I I'm a huge fan of the dev, and you know, like I I love the Fallout New New Vegas, and I have another playthrough of that game, but um in, in effect right now and i do think that like that game visually is like on par with other AAA titles and the gunplay was a big step up and very much more punchy which i like to see there uh the the writing of course which they're known for was great it all didn't gel for me coming together but yeah you're right it is a perfect example of what we're talking about where it's you, you could call it double a or, or you know whatever you want to call it but it's i think that as game pass is going to be uh and subscription services are going to be cannibalizing people's um time and money i think that there's going to be a space there for maybe some things that are outside the subscription services like journey to the savage planet that's going to be available for a price and just trying to like pave the way to try to keep that model open where it's like okay we're not going to do the subscription but we'd like you to try this and and then you know you you love the de the devs eventually and then you throw money at them the next time something comes along so good on them yeah for coming up with something like this yeah, I mean, it, it sucks that, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say it, it sucks that Google bought, is it Typhoon Studios? Typhoon, I, don't, yeah. I said Typhoon, Typhoon. <laughs> well, it's because you're thinking about Typhoon to Leon from Borderlands, it's fine. Um, but I think, I think it, it sucks that Google bought them because Stadia's going through some issues at this point. What? No, they're fine. <laughs> I mean, Google, Google as a company is fine, but like, they've gone, what? 40 50 days without an update and have they yeah something like that well like and then like i guess the their subreddit like the last time anybody heard from google proper it's like yep yeah, we're listening and that's really it so sucks i think that they i mean i'll just i'll just say this i'm glad i canceled my pre-order on that i was on the fence for the longest time they could have had me yeah they, they, like the, the was not yet and I was yeah. like, you know what? I, the time was right. I'm like, you know what? I, I, let, me, let me try it out. And they totally dropped the ball. What a missed opportunity. They should, I mean, have, they should have did like a beta. For they the, should have framed this as a beta. That's they should have said, here is our beta for mm -hmm. a year, possibly, you know, a year to 18 or 12 to 18 months. And, and then release it after that to, to get some feedback from the users, to get some you know, like test things, like some people, like the way they just roll it out, it's like, are you Google or are you freaking like mom and pop store from down the street, like trying to, you know, produce something for like the entire city of like two well, million people or something. This is, I mean, this is, this is the playbook that, you know, Google plus ended up with. This is, you know, this, this is, it's standard Google practice, but I think they are operating in a way that has more, well, I don't want to say more eyes on them, but it definitely has a, a, a more 
reactive set of eyes on them that won't necessarily let them just do what they do. Right. Are you aware if the controller, the Google controller needed to be proprietary to play Google Stadia? There was something, I think if you were in the founders like group, I think you got the controller and you could use, that was how you could use a Chromecast. I think eventually it's supposed to be any controller, but I think right now only the Google controller. I think it was odd that they had the hubris to believe that they could jump into the gaming market that's highly competitive with players that have been at this for decades, you know, Microsoft with their emerging technologies and them coming head to head with, you know, xCloud and, you know, where that was um, going to be their probably most direct competition. And then they tried to sell you the upgraded Chromecast, you know, and charge you to be part of the founders as if, as if you were sure that you were going to be worth that money. Uh, like they had a leg up. It was like, guess what? You don't need anything. You yeah. all have Google browsers. I, I tested um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey in the pilot program before it was called Stadia. Yeah, Jason did too. I did too. I got a free copy. Yeah. I played it, enough. Me, at me as well. And, and it, it worked. And, you know, there was some buffering and things. But I was like, this works. I can't believe it. And they were, you know, hinting at you being able to use it on, you know, other mobile devices. And I'm like, this is the future. And they had that leg up. And all they had to do was one be ready but the other thing they had to do is just be like all you need is the browser that was the biggest selling point the whole chromecast controller thing is, is nuts i just told my brother today who is a playstation guy i was like you know you're going to be able to play project x cloud uh you know on a mobile device and he's like what really and i've told him this many times but because he just got game pass for pc he's like wow this is great and it's a taste and see thing. If they had only given a demo to give people a taste and say, it's free for everyone for the next 30 days, it would have got a lot of people hooked. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to say about that. Well, <coughs> they didn't do a good job with the yeah, performance yeah. and the rollout. So. Pardon me. Give me one more. Give me one uh, more. No, no. Uh, three's all you get. Uh, <laughs> so I've been playing a game that I've been looking forward to for Damn near seven years. <gasps> uh, 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 K- Kentucky Route Zero finally came out. And uh, now my history with this game is I was I was made aware of it when Polygon was doing their, I think their podcast, The Besties at the time, which I think is still kind of affiliated with them. Um, but they were doing their, their Game of the Year tournament uh, which Last of Us ended up winning, but their runner-up was Kentucky Route Zero. And I'm like, what the hell is this game? I didn't know anything about it. So I started looking at it. I'm like, okay, I don't, I, I don't get this. And then uh, I eventually watched someone play through the first two acts without commentary. And I was like, all right. Start. I'm. I'm starting to vibe with this. And then when the third act came out, I watched. I think the same person play through that. I'm like, okay, I am. I am in on this game. Now, my memory of the release of this game is it. it the first act came out January seventh, twenty thirteen. The second act, as well as the first interlude, came out 
in 2013 as well. And then 2014 was the second interlude and the third act. The four, I don't remember when the third interlude came out, but the fourth act came out in 2016. And then I think somewhere between three and four, Cardboard Computer, the developer, came up with a hotline that you could call and find out the status <laughs> of the development. So once once Act Four came out, I actually started calling the hotline. So <laughs> I've been calling this hotline for about five-ish years. That's hilarious. Wow. Was, was it like, did you call them like every other month were you calling yeah like i like just a year every like if i was calling them a lot at first and then it just i, w- I would forget about it and be like oh yeah kentucky route zero is not out yet let's call and mm-hmm. then like mm-hmm. eventually uh in 20 in 2018 that was the first time uh that the status of the hotline had changed to a point where like people started talking about it. They're like, I think I heard about it on, on Waypoint. And like, it was probably Austin Walker who said, hey, yo, did you, did you hear the Kentucky Route Zero hotline changed again? And I'm like, wait a minute, 858 KR or when KRZ or KRZ when and mm-hmm. listen to it. And like status of Kentucky Route Zero development, uh, quality assurance testing. And I'm like, it's so frustrating, but I can't wait. Uh, and then, like, as people started talking about Game of the Decade uh, late last year, I'm like, you know what? It would be great if Kentucky Route Zero came out just before 2020 started, and it could be, like, fully qualified for Game of the Decade, but it ended up on a bunch of Game of the Decade lists anyway. Um, but... Polygon had it at four. Huh? Polygon had it at the fourth, at yeah. the fourth best. And and uh, and and then uh, at somewhere at the beginning of this year, like I, since I started getting reacclimated with Twitter and becoming more active there, like I started following a lot of like I basically started a, a keyword for whenever Kentucky Route Zero. So I'd get alerts about Kentucky Route Zero. It was basically, it was basically like uh, a lot of. I actually found a podcast through it called the NES Pod where uh i I, and i haven't listened to a ton of episodes but it's two it's two guys that basically come up with hypothetical video game things and they're like oh action adventure but kentucky route zero (laughs) and i'm like all right i'll listen to this podcast it's a really good show you should listen to it um but at the beginning of the year i saw uh, a writer i started following uh named carolyn pettit and she said uh, the Kentucky Route Zero hotline changed, so I called it, and it said uh, pending release. And I'm like, what? And then Annapurna tweeted, hey, we got some news next week. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is happening. And then they announced it. It came out uh, last week. And then uh, the last thing I'm going to say about the release section of this before I actually stop talk about playing it was uh, I am 8-bit decided to they tweeted an image that said department of the real and a phone number so i'm like i and i and i looked at it i'm like i know that number and i called the kentucky route zero hotline 
and guess what? That they, they, I'm like, I think before I, the day before it released, I tweeted, I'm like, I would like to hear like a limited run, like vinyl soundtrack, physical release. And literally the day of I am eight that tweeted about all of that. And I actually saved all those images because this is such a Kentucky route zero thing to do. Um, and it, it's, it's like a, it's like a perfect coda to the story. But now I'm going to talk about actually playing Kentucky Route Zero. I have a quick question. When you called that hotline originally, mm-hmm. did somebody answer the phone? Is like we're working on it. Hang up. We're no, working on it. it was up. it was an automated. Like, no it, was a, it took so long. It was an automated <laughs> message. It was. I thought a, it was that, that'd be great like, though. The dev team's like, I'm literally clicking stuff right now. I gotta go. Like, yo, like, I'm fixing bugs. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, be- that. It, anyway. So Kentucky Route Zero is uh, a game that sort of flash, it, like me talking about how much I like this game brings up a bit of hypocrisy in, in that, mainly because like, I this dates back to Platinum Achievements Antonia. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I have always talked about loving in games is the actual play, like moving around, the actions, whatever. Uh, and I've always said that video game stories are essentially a step up from not very good. Um, some, depending on my mood, I will I will be more hyperbolic, but that's been sort of my mantra. Well, Kentucky Route Zero is uh, aspirationally a point and click adventure, but you spend a ton of time reading. Like this is this. I mean, honestly, like this. This game is probably there's a there, the the long-standing joke of what's the Citizen Kane of video games. Like I feel like you could say this is the '60s '70s European art film of video games, where all you're doing is reading and drawing on context. But the beauty of Kentucky Route Zero, and this actually ties into what Antonio mentioned earlier about story choices. Uh, and what J- and what Jason sort of dovetailed on that, like how you always start and end at the same place. Well, in Kentucky Route Zero, uh, you start and end at the same place, but the story options are not like the good option, the bad option. It is you are instead of choosing actual dialogue, you are choosing story, tone, and moments. Sweet, and that's the brilliance of it because it you can almost change you can almost change the story based on your own state of mind while playing it um uh like like this isn't actually in the game but like an example a a character sees the phone ringing and they're about to pick it up but the, the options you choose are what they say on the phone so like an option could be like really you're calling me about bills right now or oh this isn't very important i'll be back to that later and they're kind of disparate but it changes like what's actually said in a way that the tone of the moment changes rather than shepherd choosing to be paragon or renegade mm-hmm. and uh and and all of the all of the options are, they, they just create like this weird depth and breadth of storytelling that I don't think could be possible 
any other way. I'm sure if cardboard computer were, uh, I'll say this, if they were like bought by somebody and given a ton of money, they could probably make a Disco Elysium or a Divinity Original Sin. But I don't feel like they could do Kentucky Route Zero any other way. And uh, having played, I mean, I haven't finished it yet. I've been, I was trying, I was hoping to be finished by this, by the, by this episode, but uh, I've only finished up to the interlude between Act 3 and Act 4. Uh, this is easily one of my favorite video game stories of all time. And I stopped watching videos about it after Act 3 came out. Um, Can you tell me why is it split up into Acts? Is it just they want to do something and they don't have the capacity to release it all at once? Or is it more they didn't know where it was going to go, they didn't know it was going to expand, and the story just kind of kept going? Like, is that, now, is that a story thing? or Now, from what I know... Uh, and this is, there are, there are actually, uh, Waypoint, uh, Patrick Klepek at Waypoint actually did an interview with the developers about it. Uh, one thing I did not know about this game until, until recently is that it was a Kickstarter game in 2011. Uh. So this is pre Double Fine Adventure. This is pre, I think this is pre, uh, Star Citizen where like they only raised like $8,000 and it was, I, I think they pitched it as a, as a five-act game. Mm. And I think the, the developers said they knew the story they wanted to tell. Uh, and they knew how they wanted to tell it. But I think they wanted to write it and get the, visual, the visuals right. And the visuals are striking in this game. Like, it's very, it's, I mean, the, the, the easy thing, the easy way to describe it is minimalist. But it, it, it's there's something off about that. Like it's definitely, it's definitely indie game visuals, but uh, it's, the game is just goddamn beautiful. Um, I think they, they, I think they always pitched it as a five act game. And I think the interludes came about with the, the extended time between, like, I think they always had interludes as a thing, but they wanted to do bigger interludes as a sort of, hold over till actual acts came out especially between three and four and four and five because mm. four came out in 2016 and five just came out last week and it is um, text heavy right so it's all oh, dialogue yeah. on screen it's it's all dialogue on backgrounds. yeah it's i mean the, the backgrounds and everything are, are are beautiful and the text when you're reading it it's not as intrusive as you might think because it's not really obscuring action uh, and I think that's pro that's the wise aesthetic choice, but it doesn't leave you. It doesn't leave you. Um, it's not like watching a foreign film where you feel like you're spending too much time reading the text and not catching the visuals. Um, because as someone who loves foreign cinema, I still find my I still find myself thinking about that, even now. But. Uh, it is a, it is a it is a game that is it's 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 just so good it's such a beautifully written story this might actually be one of the better video game stories ever what uh, what, what act is it on now or is it all uh, it's it's acts it's now? all it's all complete so okay. it, act, act the release of act 5 
and I think this is why Act Five took so long, but they ported it everywhere. They ported it to Switch, they ported it to PlayStation, Xbox. Um, and I think the the console editions are called the TV editions, and uh, and I think the P, the complete you know on PC is called PC edition. But Act Five came out simultaneously everywhere, mm. and all of all of all of the complete packages were released everywhere same day as Act Five, so it's complete. And um, now there there is some. I mean, I don't want to say heavy-handed politics in the game. I don't think it's like a, as I mean, a lot of us are are in Facebook groups where when things get a bit uh, left-wing, people start crying SJW or keep your politics out of my game or or whatever, and forget those people because if games are art, art is inherently political and. Uh, you know, if just because you don't like politics, that doesn't mean politics won't have an interest in you. Um, but there is a there is a big commentary on the after effects of capitalism in this game. I don't think it's like I don't think I mean you could read it as anti-capitalist, but I think there's a little too much hope in it for that. Um, and you know there's something to be said about you know just going on a medical metaphysical highway uh through a bunch of locations you know real or possibly real and experiencing uh conway's voyage to his final delivery and uh, it's a it's 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 a beautifully written game, um, and I think if you are willing if you are willing to give it the time, uh, up, at least as far as I have, uh, it'll be worth it. But I will say this: if you get through Act One and you are not interested, it won't. It probably won't change. It's like move you. on. <laughs> yeah, like I like I because like I'm the last person to say brute force your way through a game i mean i'm pretty sure i've said that in the past uh incorrectly in the past because like i don't think anybody should force themselves to get through something they don't like anymore uh lord knows i try not to do that uh, but i have but yeah this is a i'm almost afraid to talk about actual events in the game just because just tell me the end I haven't got to the end yet. So I, <laughs> um, I mean, I feel I. I mean, based on based on what everybody has said about the end, it, it, the payoff they land it. So my guess is, uh, Conway finds Five Dogwood Drive, makes his delivery, and that's the end of the game. Because mm-hmm. that's how it starts. <laughs> that's exactly how it starts. He's like looking for Five Dogwood Five Dogwood Drive, and they said, "Oh, you have to take the zero, which is." Uh, the highway that the the game is based around, but it's like a highway that isn't really connected by time and space. Um, In the first, at the end of the first act, you go through a cave and you're on the zero. And then uh, through each of the other acts, you have to do 
another series of tasks to get back on the zero. And uh, going on the zero is actually all right because despite it being, you know, images on a 2D plane, you're still kind of disoriented in a way that is really cool and, and beautifully executed. And, uh, and I will say this, uh, Ben Babbitt's music is easily one of the best soundtracks, at least in the last, I will say since Persona 4's soundtrack since that one was released. And that's probably my favorite soundtrack of all time. And Ben Babbitt's soundtrack is up there as one of the best since that. And that was 2008. So. Yeah, uh, I have an important question about the game. How much time would you say you have to dedicate for a playthrough? Because for something like this, it just seems like it spans so much development time. It's chopped up into the acts. It's obviously like, you know, you're saying it's, it's, it's amazing by all accounts. So mm -hmm. How much time is it like a 10 20 hours? i would say it's it's probably about the i think alex navarro of giant bomb said it's about the same length as walking dead season one which is about 10 hours the whole game yeah oh wow and it's that yeah. impactful over that yeah 10 hours like, wow. and, but like i'm like i was i i stayed up all night last night to sort of rebalance my sleep schedule for the week as i do and i think i spent probably nine hours and I'm, I'm only through act four, but I spent a lot of time just meandering through environments. Mm. I probably didn't, I mean, looking back, like nothing came of, of, of some of those meandering. So I probably didn't need to do that. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty sure you could just, you could brute force your way through the story and get through it in 10 hours. Wow. But uh, I've been playing it on Switch, and yeah, I've, I think uh, what I when uh, when I first watched Act Three, like back when it came out, like that impact was not lost on me today. Playing it, like it was still like a whoa, <laughs> this this just happened. I mean, and yeah, it's it's. it's I feel like I've been, I've spent a lot of time talking about nothing. Like I'm a goddamn Seinfeld episode, but, uh, yada, Kentucky, yada, yada. Yeah. Kentucky route zero is, is it's everything I've wanted it to be and more. And despite having watched it played before, like I'm pretty sure my, I, I like the fact that my playthrough now is mine. All right. Important question. If you had to pick, one is wiped from your memory and you never can play it forever. Mm -hmm. Kentucky Route Zero or Dark Souls? Ooh, shit. <laughs> wow, I didn't know. I thought he was going to answer right away. Whoops. That's tough. Sorry. Didn't mean to send you into X. Well, yeah, but you're, 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 you're to spiral out of Kentucky. That's a tough, oh man. Wow. Why are you bringing the tough questions, Antonio? <laughs> well, hold, hold on. Hold on. I can make this even tougher. Okay. What what Souls game was first for you that was it Dark Souls 1 or Demon Souls? Demon Souls. So put Demon Souls in there. Because had you not played Demon Souls. <laughs> okay, so now and, we're talking hey. about one of my ten favorite games of all time. <laughs> uh you know, 
I'll say it right here and now. And I know I've not had a, I know, I know I've not finished it and I've not had a, a <laughs> we'll call it a critical distance of time. Uh, I would wipe demon souls. Whoa. You heard it here first. You're drunk. No, actually, I've, I've, he's got to go to work. First, first drink of coffee. This is my first coffee, and uh, and I have water, <laughs> no alcohol. Um, and I think that, I mean, it's it's it's. I would say that the argument it's on. It's weird that you pick those two because, like, Dark Soul, the Soul series, is some of my favorite gameplay of all time. Whereas, Kentucky Route Zero is like some of the better storytelling that I've ever encountered in a, in a game. Um, I just want to thank you for not picking Outer <laughs> Wilds because Outer Wilds, I would, I would have definitely scrapped Kentucky Route Zero for. Um, but, uh, but they're, they're, I mean, it's, you picked, you, you picked polar opposites in a, in a really good way <laughs> because gameplay and story, but uh, yeah, K- Kentucky Route Zero is phenomenal if you can find a way to play the first chunk of it to figure out if it vibes with you, do that. Um, and if it doesn't move on, if it does keep going. Cool. Uh, I recognize that this, this game is not going to be for everybody, despite how much praise I could just keep on it. But it's just another example of Annapurna's stellar and sterling publishing reputation. They brought us this, What Remains of Edith Finch, Gorgoa, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Ashen, and is awesome. What's that new one coming uh, about music? It's going to be amazing. Um, the Artful Escape. Mm-hmm. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> that, game, that game looks bonkers as well. Annapurna is really good. And if I could, if I could, I I would chill for Annapurna. I totally would. They published Wadham last year too. Annapurna is really good. Buy their games. Um, So I think everybody's talked about what they're playing. Yes? Yep. Okay. So now we can just freestyle it for a little bit. Uh, So Wonderful 101 is finally coming to Switch. And PS4. Oh, is it coming to PS4? MPC? So they, they launched the Kickstarter today and they needed 50000 to get it on Switch. And they, they needed 500000 or 400000 They wanted to hit 500000 which was the goal uh-huh. to get on PS4. And they're sitting at 800000 right now. Sweet. And they have 31 days to go. And they still have 31. They're at, they're at 827000 because the number just keeps moving. Yeah. Like it's not stopping. I mean, that's the that so. I think that might be the last game that I wanted from Wii U to come to Switch. I mean, since I posted that link in our Facebook chat, it's got uh, fifteen hundred backers since then, <laughs> which was like maybe what twenty minutes ago, not yeah. even half hour ago. So yeah. I think this is this is definitely they smashed their goal. Yeah, it was 500k for PS4. One million is a Time Attack Speedrunner's Dream Mode, and 1.5 is Lucas' First Mission, a brand new 2D side-scrolling adventure starring Young Hero. So they wow. got. There, there's been talks on. Uh, I saw the link on Destructoid, but Destructoid's thinking 
it's got like an April 2020 release. So they're thinking that the port is almost done and this is just a way to help them fund. Like they think the remaster is done, but this is a way to help them fund the ports to get it elsewhere. And yeah. So, I mean, which has already happened. So, mm -hmm. but anyways. Which, good for them. Yeah. Oh, well, it's funny because people thought it was a joke at first. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, why would Platinum Games have a Kickstarter? Well, I, I was just hearing a conversation about them being, you know, indie developers, but I've seen so many Platinum Games and they've been backed by such, you know, high profile publishers that I didn't realize that, you know, I just, I, I, Platinum's just known for, I wouldn't even call it double A titles, honestly, yeah. um, but technically that's what I was told and I was like, oh, okay. Cause I was like, why are you kickstarting a game? I thought it was, I forget what other Kickstarter happened. And it was like, you, why are you guys kickstarting? Because you have your own money. I forgot which, which one that was, but uh, very interesting. Very. Yeah. Happy. The CEO came out and basically, I guess he expected that to happen. And he said, we want to self publish. We still can't. Mm, We've had right. wonderful help in the past, but we've had to rely on the help and we feel if we could do this on our own, which they've That's done, wild. which, yeah. which, so which yeah, I mean, their, I've... their goal was 50 K <laughs> and they're at 826. That's so like, yeah, that's, I so mean, I, yeah, I feel like if you, if you are, I feel like this is very similar to when Koji Igarashi kickstarted Bloodstained mm -hmm. where he said, Hey, look, we already have a publisher, but, we need to know demand for this is there. If you want to, right. if you want to back this, we will we will supplement your backing with stuff to the tune of these stretch goals and and they they just blew out of the water everything. I mean they 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 got two games out of that Kickstarter. Um, yeah, and, people did. They got the eight bit what Curse of the Moon. Yeah, mm -hmm. and yeah. Not only that, that Bloodstained was just a bananas ass metroidvania and it's mm -hmm. probably the the standard by which metroidvanias will be measured going forward uh more so than like i mean basically they he just said hey symphony of the night but ridiculouser <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and watching Vinny from giant bomb play through that game like yeah it gets bonkers um and i feel like this this is platinum saying hey this is why they're why we're doing this in, in a and while i've not watched the kickstarter video or anything like that uh based on what jason said if they if you can if you can state your reasoning in a way that is clear concise and doesn't doesn't sound like you're trying to shice people out of some money uh you're all the better for it and and as antonio said yeah platinum has put forth some phenomenal games near automata is like one of the best games of the last decade uh let's see what else did they do they did uh vanquish if you remember that jam bayonetta bayonetta one two and which they're doing the, um, the um, third 10th anniversary 10th anniversary comes out this week next week maybe it's, it's all upgraded right mm -hmm. yeah uprest and all that mm -hmm. which vanquish Vanquish is a good damn game. I played I played Vanquish a little game. bit on PlayStation, but I predominantly played it back when I still had an Xbox. Yeah, that game is bonkers. Like, I, I I mean they did a Metal Gear game. 
Yeah, they did. They did, yeah, Reven- they did. Metal Gear Revengeance. They did the best Metal Gear game. <laughs> Whoa, now. I'll, I'll say it right Whoa. now. No, 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 no. As someone who, as someone who did not like Metal Gear Solid, and I've said this before, uh, five did some things to me in a way that I was like okay with, but Revengeance is 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 my favorite of my favorite game with a Metal Gear name on it. That's a hot take. Five. Followed think- closely by the two NES ones. So you know. I Take think the whole turn. the Kickstarter just threw people because they're doing Babylon's Fall with Square, yeah. which was just shown, and yeah. people like lost their minds over that because it looks. They so just amazing. published Astral Chain on Switch. Well, they didn't publish it; they developed. Well, yeah, it. they just they put it out. I agree. Yeah. yeah, Nintendo published that. Yes, I mean most most Kickstarters, they're, I mean, I guess the bad press for Kickstarter is Mighty Number no. Nine, but you uh, surprised the. But see, at least Mighty Number no. Nine came out. True. Um, True. Whereas there was that Yogg's Cast game that was kickstarted, funded, and then uh, like about a year later, the people developing it said, "Yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Bye," and uh, walked away with that money. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, there's like zero accountability. <laughs> yeah, they walked away with that money. Like, so... no, they did. They totally did because. That's true. Yeah, they they walked away with that. And like the, even the Yogg's cast people were like, "But you did. You were doing this for us. Like, uh, hopefully, you know, someone was held accountable via a third party method. But yeah, Kickstarter. That's that's how it rolls. I've backed a few games, and I've forgotten I've backed a few games because sometimes <laughs> the cycle's so long. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I've I've I've. Stopped predominantly backing anything on Kickstarter. The only reason I still have the app is to get the updates on whatever I have left to come. Uh, mainly because, you know, I'm trying to adopt a child, so I need to not back Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, as cool as it is getting into the credits, it's also like, yeah. Like you forget too. Like oh, definitely. Hunt that game. There's a game coming out, Hunt the Night, which me and Moose really want to play. I don't remember I kickstarted till I get like, oh hey, a new uh, track on the soundtrack's out. It's like oh, forgot this game. It's mm-hmm. like oh yeah, that. That's yeah. the trouble with game development when everything takes you know even if you have a full team, things take four five years. And then you're well, asking think, these people to just have money solve a problem when they have only a few people. Well, mm-hmm. I think that I think that's the biggest issue. Like when I had, I mean, I wanted to back Bloodstained, and I came like this close to backing it, but I'm like, I don't know anything about Kickstarter. I don't trust it. And sure. then it was doing its it was doing its cycle. <laughs> it was like he was. I think it was what 2015 he announced he was doing that game. Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. And it was last year it came out. That's four years, but still, for a game of that caliber, four years is not that long. Like games are in development for a lot longer than that sometimes, and it's like the expectation of gamers, the entitlement where they're like, "Oh well, I back. I love your game. Looks great. I backed it. I want it out tomorrow." It's like you're fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this is they're here because it's a thought. It's a thought right now. It's an idea. Here's some. Here's some, like, maybe here's the uh, trailer. Like, they show the trailer so that you can see what the game might look like, you know, as a tech demo or something like that. And that's about it. 
There's no like levels design. There's no nothing written, nothing like that. And people are just like so impatient and like now, 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 now. And it's like, I'd love to see, I hate to say it, but I'd love to see a Kickstarter come out and be like, okay, game comes out in a year, the game comes out in a year and it's absolute trash. And it's like, well, you pushed for this. You wouldn't let them have their development cycle. Like, have you heard of a game over. called Mighty Number no. 9? Yes, I have. And that's the problem. <laughs> I guess the thing is, you kickstart and you're in there, not day one because they've done something, but like, think about like, I don't know, Horizon Zero Done 2. We all know that's probably in development. But mm-hmm. Gorilla's under no obligation to tell us, hey, we did new artwork. Like, right. but like, and sure, if you kickstart a game, the dev doesn't have to update you, but they're kind of almost like held that they have to because all these people kind of like, so you kind of want to give an update. Like, of course, we want to hear updates about Spider-Man 2 or something like that, but like, they're under no obligation. We didn't kickstart it. Like, they'll show us something when they're ready. I think that Mm -hmm. it's a a problem for the dev on the kickstart. It's like, I have to update them. I don't want to give them nothing, but I don't want to get their hopes up. It's like, it's got to be hard juggling for them too. Like we might be impatient, but they're like, I don't want to give them crap, but well, they already paid me though. As as someone who has backed board games on Kickstarter. And I mean, even like I could talk, I mean, we could talk about, you want to talk about dev time. Hey, Kentucky Route Zero was a a Kickstarter in 2011. So Mm -hmm. that was developed over 10 years. So, uh, Mm -hmm. but uh like as someone who's like the the backing of Bloodstained, like you remember a while back, I don't remember how long ago, but the people were doing the boycott Call of Duty, and then you see those same people in the same lobby in Call yeah. of Duty. Didn't like, work I, out. They all went to it. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, I would like to see the. I would like to see. I would wonder if there's a way to to like cross reference the people that were angry about Bloodstained not being out versus the people who backed it. And I wonder how much overlap there is. Because as someone who, who backed Bloodstain, I never once got angry about waiting for that game because there was a steady cadence of updates. Like mm-hmm. even, I think it was basically weekly for a long time. And then they said, okay, we're gonna scale back the updates to monthly and if it goes any more frequent than that, it'll just be like minor updates or, hey, we received a bunch of fan art, so we're showing it to you. Um, and I feel like that was the way to do it. But I would, I would be more than willing to bet that a lot of people going, hey, where the hell's Bloodstained? It was announced so long ago. Uh, I'll bet you the, the people that were up in arms about that were not backers because I had more updates about that game than I ever had the time to read. So I don't know if, like on the topic really quickly about Kickstarter, you've heard of Temtem, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've, I was, we actually had an episode of uh, Matt and our podcast years ago where we had a full episode where I just kept hammering on this point that Pokemon needed to be an MMO. And there was a Kickstarter, I believe, started in 2008 uh, by, they didn't even form the team yet under this name, but it's, it's created by, uh, by Crema, I think it's what they're called. And they 
finally released early access and they are all over their updates and they are responding to fans feedback uh, mm-hmm. as they released early access recently and literally patches are coming out on the daily they are tweeting and responding to messages all day long mm-hmm. the amount of pressure like you talk about like trying to meet the demand of people like they are on it and and people are talking about this uh in the threads they're like wow you guys are on the ball like they know what's demanded of you know unfortunately what's demanded of these these developers now on the indie scene with the and again started with a kickstarter finally out and they are hitting the pavement saying we are not going to be another you know dev that's non-responsive so they're all over it and it must be exhausting it must be crazy i'm very excited for it i've been wanting a pokemon mmo you know forever and they've done it so you know i really want to support them it 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 was it was a little buggy or whatever but i want to give them my money like i really want to do it so that is on the top of my purchase list next so as soon as i get i want to dive into that hit or miss well, yeah, it is. Um, which uh, Bloodstain was Kickstarter? Uh, was um, uh, Blasphemous yeah, was Kickstarter, which is really awesome, really yeah. great game. Uh, I feel like you're talking about Pokemon and wanting an MMO. I think it's it's sad at how the company that makes Pokemon will never make the game that the fans deserve because they're tied <laughs> too much to the uh, um, to the merchandise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you want to MMO Pokemon. Like, back when Skyrim came out, I was like, Pokemon would look awesome. if It doesn't have to be photorealistic, but, like, really good graphics and, like, look really awesome. And it's, like, still, like, I'm, to be honest, like, Sword and Shield looks like shit. Some of the stuff just looks like, it's just, some of the videos I've seen is just bad. And it's, like, they play, they cater to that, can we sell this in a plushie? You know what yeah. I mean? Can we sell this this way? And sadly, the fans will never get a hardcore game like they had in the when they were first starting. Well, I think the, well, I, I think I think the the problem with trying to bring Pokemon to the MMO space or making it a harder core game <clears throat> it alienates most of their demographic. Like, sure. Uh, in, in fact, you know what? That's, prob- that's probably an incorrect statement because I'll bet you... I bet you their demographic is like over... Tw- is 25 and over. Well, hang on. Because <laughs> uh, like if, if we've all... Like there's, long, there's been a long-standing statement about Nintendo marketing their games to children. And I think Pokemon is definitely like a, a shining example of that. But I'll bet you most of the people playing Pokemon now are probably early 20s or mid 20s and up because it, because that series is 20 something years old now uh but i feel like trying to update that like they're afraid getting younger players like it'll that'll alienate them like and hopefully temtem is sort of like the 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 mmo that Pokemon fans deserve but I don't I don't think that there there hasn't been a lack of examples of how Pokemon could be matured well I think it's also- and still and still and still capture the the saleability of toys because look at Nino Kuni like Nino Kuni was full of 
wonderfully adorable creatures and a great story. And still, I mean, granted, nobody, nobody played it on PS3 when it came out. Like, it was completely outclassed and outgunned. But, man, the, well, the animation in that game and the story are phenomenal. And it's definitely, like, it, sh it should definitely be a, a Pokemon player's game. I would say, personally. As someone who's never played Pokemon. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. <laughs> I never got into it. I know a lot of people have. But, um... Anyways, that's my oh. feeling. I do see a lot of good feedback on Temtem, so I hear. Yeah. I, hear I, I would. The, my last point on, and not taking away from them, but in speaking with the devs we have, I feel like with these smaller, let's start from Kickstarter. Everyone's working, and so the answers come from. Like we spoke to the me and Musa spoke to the dev of Cat Quest twice yeah. now. At first, I didn't Cat realize. Quest is a good game. I didn't realize yeah, he is. was the actual CEO. Like <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Like we talked to, yeah, to the founder. Like yeah. I didn't realize that at first, and you don't. He's responding, and it's like awesome because he knows everything because he's right in there with like yeah. like because and not to take away from him, but like I spoke to David Lee for um, Bend about the he's gone when I went to PAX, but uh -huh. that's his job. He's PR. He just does that. Like, sure, he has insight, but it's there's probably a disconnect because he's not on the floor with the dev for everything. He probably gets updates and he's told you could share this, you could do this. Like, so mm -hmm. I think it's different. Like when you these smaller, like the Kickstarter, sure, it's harder for them. They have to communicate, but I think they're able to because more people know what's going on. So I just want to share this really quick because it's hilarious. There was a, I was reading a review uh, on Steam for Temtem and it says the hours played, it's 170 hours. And then the person leaves a comment pages long ranting about the game saying how they cannot recommend it and they break it down by the day. Here's all the problems on days one to three, days three to six. And then it's like, day zero to now and it's eight days in so this person in eight days paid played 170 hours just ranting about how there's not enough game for them to play because they chain smoked that they but it's in they kept playing a hundred and hours and you're upset that the early access content is over you chain smoked it bro you didn't, you didn't <laughs> You know, you didn't try to get laid for the first time. None of that. <laughs> you, said, you said how many hours he played in the first day? 170. In that eight, that in only eight leaves days. 22 hours. Eight days is 192 hours. That's 22 hours for him to maybe sleep. He, I don't know what. I, and you know, the, just to say that, that, that all, all, all reality. You to play that 10 10, son. You know what I mean? I need to play it. Apparently, I have that kind of time. Do you have any idea how how hard these people work, guys? Come like, on, yeah. Break. yeah. Look, man, well, no, the, I I agree with you. Where the guys like he's complaining about the game that there's not enough game to play, or they are even comparing it to someone who complains about a game that sucks and it's like a terrible game, and then they are like, "Well, I played ninety hours of it," and it's like, "Why did you play ninety hours <laughs> of the game if it was terrible?" Oxo, you know? bro. 
But then on the flip side, you get people from the big media outlets who reviewed Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC and didn't beat 25% of it. That was, I I didn't, how did that happen? I I was like, that's okay. That was so weird. How do you, I only played four of 14. It was too hard. This game sucks. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I got to the underwater stage in Super Mario Brothers. I died. I quit. This game's too too hard for me. Too much too much water. This sucks. <laughs> too much. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> look, That's my look, new tag. Game line. game, de- game development is hard. Game criticism is hard. But if you're not in either field, don't play a game so long that all you're doing is spending 170 hours to whine. Um and maybe that's reductive. I don't know. But if you, if you're not having fun, don't play it. <laughs> like, like this is why this is why I led with my Kentucky Route Zero thing. Like if you're not if you're not in after Act One, get out. You're, it's okay. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. like abandon ship. But uh, but yeah, okay. So let's get out of here because we've been going for we've been going for a while, and I know that <laughs> I know that we could pro- the way that. The way this show has been going, we can keep talking for a, another couple of hours, but <laughs> I've got to go to work and y'all got to sleep. What was your longest podcast? I have to ask this because it, they, 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 it went in my head. What my longest you- podcast ever? Have you broke four hours? Well, I, I know you broke four Nerds, got, Nerds Gone Rogue episode, our first ever episode was like four and a half hours. And I fell asleep in the middle. Matt, how would you, how would you like this year, sometime this year, to try to go for the world record for longest podcast. In a I don't, day. there's not enough coffee. I, I don't think there, I don't think I could keep, I mean, I don't want to know what the long, I mean, our first show was if we, if we would have released it as one thing, we recorded it over two sessions, but if we would have released it as one show, it would have been six hours. I right, guess how much, guess, guess what the record is right now? A day and a half. Moose. Three days. Jason. Two and a half. 41 hours on June 2014. So that's just wow. shy of two days. Long not, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. No. Well, I could, but I, I think after about... We could do it. Don't let after, your dreams be dreams, bro. <laughs> that's not my dream. That's a nightmare. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We, could, I, we could do it. Trophy number one. <laughs> Trophy number two. Oh, geez. That would be... Okay, you know what? Okay. We're, we're gonna start a patreon uh if we get if we get to ten thousand dollars a month we will we will go for the longest <laughs> no we're not doing a patreon <laughs> no we're not now doing you're bring, now you're bringing it to another level now you're making me think the podcast never ends you just live on the podcast just everybody <laughs> coming in and it never ends you know oh, what when God. i when i start my new shift because that's actually coming uh we could start recording on a Saturday night and just keep going until Monday night. I will, <laughs> I will, I will allow that. Now but for now, let's wrap this up. Antonio, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You guys are very I'm, passionate about games. You love them and you play them. I I'm, don't play games. I don't have the time. I don't <laughs> talk to you enough and I'm sad and I regret that. So uh, w- will you come back? I absolutely will come back if we do it for 36 hours straight. <laughs> 
Um, okay, but barring the 36 hours, because that'll take some planning, because I I, you're having a child. I have a wife who I, I have to really get permission from. Uh, <laughs> you're um, doing it right, man. Good job. Yeah, I'll Jason put, I'll, already has kids. <laughs> Thank you so much for, yeah. I'll Moose's wife will probably have something to say about this. <laughs> Uh, and Moose's grandma might not let him sit in his, in the room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Antonio, where can we find your stuff? Follow me at Hypecaster on Twitter. You'll find the links to everything that I'm doing over there at Hypecaster. Thank you very much for having me. First of many, I hope. Please come back. Other than that, you know where to find us because it's in the front, it's in back. Check out Phoenix Overdrive because they do stuff for six kids. We'll see you on the next one. Later. Peace. Story Route Zero, we have some cool friends who do some cool things, and I'd like to tell you about them. Phoenix Overdrive uses the power of games and gamers to help heal sick kids through the charity Extra Life. Phoenix Overdrive fundraises for Children's Miracle Network hospitals all year, every year, and the fun culminates in a 24-hour gaming marathon. Find out more about their events and projects online via Facebook at facebook.com slash phoenixoverdrive or on Twitter and Instagram at phx underscore overdrive. You can also join the Facebook group of Pawn Stars at facebook.com slash groups slash nation in order to share and discuss all the latest in nerd culture. They've also got a podcast, Nerd Overdrive, which you can see weekly at youtube.com slash phoenixoverdrive. You can also catch it on Facebook Live or twitch.tv slash phx underscore overdrive. That podcast is also published on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. You want merch? They got merch. Merch can be ordered from tinyurl.com slash phxodmerch, a portion of which goes to their fundraising efforts. Join the nation and be a hero to sick kids as El Capitan Rey Osorio, Lee the Maestro, and Becky, the lovely queen of the guild, always say, hashtag rise above. This has been an episode of Story Route Zero. Thank you for coming along on this journey. We sincerely hope you enjoyed yourself as much as we enjoyed having you. Once again, you can find everything we do at StoryRouteZero.com. Hit us up on Twitter at StoryRoute underscore zero, or you can email us at StoryRouteZero at gmail.com. If you'd like to hit us up individually anywhere, you can find Moose at Sven, that's S-V-H-E-N-N, everywhere on social media. That's PSN, that's Twitter, that's Instagram. You can also find him on Twitch, streaming games. You can find Jason Marshall at GimpyJ, with two Ys at the end. That's Twitter, that's Instagram, that's Twitch. And he also has a website called WhereIsThePauseButton.com. Captain Canada is the only Story Route Zero exclusive. He's the only one you can only find right here on the show. As for me, I'm Infinite underscore Rewind everywhere I'd like to be. That's Twitter, that's Instagram, that's PSN, and Twitch. I also have my own website, InfiniteRewind.com, where I do all sorts of weird writing and rambling. 
check us out at all the places. And remember, you are always welcome and you will always have a seat waiting for you on this ride. But for now, it's back to the real world for us. We will see you on the next one.